Ecclesiastes, we're going to go back to the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter number three this morning, the book of Ecclesiastes and chapter number three. Ecclesiastes chapter three, we're going to begin reading there at the first of the chapter, so I think we're all about there. Isn't it good to know that we have a Savior we can depend on? Mercy sakes alive, yeah, yep. I'm so thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, look at verse number 1. We're going to read on down, and if you'll follow along, I'll try to get through this. The Bible says, to everything there is a season, and a time time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born, and a time to die. A time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill, and a time to heal a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rent and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he hath set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end." I know that there is no good in them, but for a man to rejoice and do good in his life, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all of his labor, uh, of all his labor, it is the gift of God. I know that whatsoever man doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it, and God doeth it, that men should fear before him that which hath been is now. And that which is to be hath already been, and God requireth that which is past. I want to preach to you this morning, and I've titled the, the message, God is not out of control. He's not out of control. Let's pray. We'll get started. Father, I thank you for the good group that's out this morning, and again, for those that may be watching by live stream. And I thank you for your word and the truth of it. And we pray that you'd illuminate it by your Holy Spirit this morning and show us great and mighty things which we know not. We pray that you'd give us the unction we need to preach this message the way you'd have it done. Guidance in all that we do. Clarity of mind, we need that. Clarity of speech also. And Lord, just a moving of your Holy Spirit. Again, if there's someone in here that does not know Christ, you speak to them about that, Lord. You deal with their heart about those things. We're going to trust you to do that. Bless now the reading of your word and the preaching to follow. We need your help and ask you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing for the reading of the word of God. And please do be seated. Back in chapter number one. You might remember if you were if you were here, Solomon described our earthly existence as sore travail, sore travail, living on this earth, pain, suffering, hardship, 
disappointment. They're, they're all familiar experiences of life as we go through this life. It, it's going to be that way. And because we're unable to prevent these experiences, men, people, try to compensate for them. Some try to dull the pain with the things of the world, alcohol, drugs, such as that. Others choose to immerse themselves in their labor, and it's all about what they can build up in this life. But by the way, they're not going to take with them when they leave this life. Solomon attempted both, and he found them unsatisfying. He said, vanity, it's just empty, it's vain. It wasn't even worth all that I did. In the end, he concluded that uh, only God could make life meaningful. In chapter 2 and verse 26, Solomon wrote, For God giveth to a man that which is good in his sight. So that is a declaration of goodness. That is a declaration of the goodness and of the sovereignty of God. Life under the sun is not out of God's control. It's not out of His control. The truth of God's sovereignty is meant to be a comfort to us. But really, it can also cause some confusion along the way. Well, what are you talking about, preacher? Well, like this, you know, if God is in control, why is there so much suffering in the world? I mean, why doesn't God right the things that are wrong when they happen? And why doesn't He reward goodness every time He sees it? And if God is in control, why does God allow so much ungodliness to go on in the world? And those are good questions, absolutely, all of them. And to answer these questions correctly, we have to understand how God exercises His will in the lives of people. And, and beginning, <coughs> excuse me, beginning in verse number one, we see a declaration of God's sovereignty. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. So how exactly does God exercise His control? Well, God works according to design. He's the one that created this world and everything that's in it. And so He works according to design. Uh, to everything there is a season. And season there, uh, it refers to an appointed time. Appointed time. Were it not for the dependability of God's natural laws, life would definitely be chaotic. Um, Solomon reminds us that the same degree, that that, that that same degree of dependability is also evident, truly evident in our everyday lives. That God is dependable. That God is faithful. Absolutely so. God is there for us every day. Well, well preacher, it doesn't feel like it. Uh, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. God wants to help us every day. I, I know, preacher, but it doesn't feel like it. That doesn't matter. No, no, no. God is trying. God is trying to direct us every day. Well, preacher, it just doesn't feel like it. I'm telling you, it does not matter how you feel. Amen. It doesn't matter how you feel. No, no, no. God is God, and He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Amen. Our God is faithful. Amen. He is there all the time. He is there for us. Absolutely so. Doesn't matter about your feelings. Doesn't matter how you feel. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because God is working according to a plan. God has a plan. Oh, He had a plan a long time before He created this world. He had a plan. And He works according to a plan. And even in its fallen state, the world operates according to God's design. And He always acts at the appropriate time. 
Come on, we know that. The sun comes up and the sun goes down. The seasons change year after year. The weather continues in its cycles as long as man quit messing with it. God works according to wisdom. It says that to everything there is a time. So not only is there an appointed season, but there is an appropriate time. What do you mean, preacher? Well, God doesn't work haphazardly. He has already correctly evaluated every situation, and He does what is appropriate in His time. In His time. Well, God's just not working in my life. Yes, He is. He just may not be working according to your time schedule, but He is working. He's always working. Well, I know, but God's trying to get me to do something, and I'm not just, I'm just not ready for what God's wanting me to do. Yes, you are. I'll say it again. Yes, you are. God would not be dealing with you about it because he knows exactly what you need and he knows exactly when you need it. His time is perfect. God is not guessing when he does something. He's not guessing. Well, I guess I'll just try this for them. He's not guessing. No, no. His timing is perfect. And God works according to foreknowledge because he says to everything there is a purpose. And the word purpose tells us that not only does, uh, not only that, uh, come on brain, the word purpose tells us that not only does God do that which is necessary, but He also does that which is good. That's our God. He does that which is good. Okay. Um, Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good, to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. And the context of that verse in Romans is about being conformed into the image of God's Son, His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. And it's applicable, applicable only to those who love God. Okay, we know the first and great commandment, right? That we're to love, the, love God with all, of our, with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind. And so, until we begin to practice that, the first and great commandment, we're going to have a hard time with the rest of life. Any of us and all of us. Until we put to practice trying to love God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind, we're going to have a hard time with the rest of life that comes upon us. And there will be trials, there will be tests, there will be temptations. It's going to happen. We can't escape that. We live in a very sinful world. And things are going to happen along the way. And God will help us with those things. And He will make something good of those things if we are practicing loving Him the way that we should. Putting Him first in, 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 in every part of our life. And because he knows the beginning from the end and everything in between that might happen, God can oversee the affairs of this world to ensure that his purposes are fulfilled. Because it's all about him. Preacher, it seems like the world's spinning out of control. It's not spinning out of control. If you've read the Bible, if you read the Bible, if you know some about the Bible, you know that things are going to happen in the end. And God has to bring it down to that place where all of those things are going to take place. 
And so we're trusting Him, right? Oh, come on. We trust Him for our salvation. No, no. I mean, we, we've trusted Him. We put our faith and trust in Him that we don't have to spend eternity in hell. And if we put our faith and trust in Him for eternity, shouldn't we be able or shouldn't we at least work at putting our faith and trust in Him for our day-to-day lives? And just trusting Him? No, no. When all the news on, on every channel is terrible and everything you can look up, everything just looks bad and bleak and sad along the way, we have to realize that God is still in control. He's still in control. We have our eyes on Him. That gives us hope to keep on doing, doing the things that He would have us to do. I mean, having joy in our heart because we know the end of this thing is going to turn out well. Come on, for us that are saved, the end of this thing is going to turn out well. It really doesn't matter how bad things get to that place or where we get to that place when at the end of this thing, when we finally graduate and get out of this world, everything's going to be good for those that know the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the hope of that and keeping our eyes on Him helps us to overcome the fear of this world, by the way, which we should not have because God has not given us the spirit of fear. We don't have to be fearful of tomorrow, do we? Well, how come, preacher? Because God's already there. And He knows what's going on. And He will help us through whatever we might face if we have our eye upon Him. If we are trusting in Him. If we are keeping Him first in our life. He's going to help us through all those things. Well, preacher, it's not like I haven't had times of sadness. Me too. It's not like there has been times in my life that I just felt like I couldn't go on. Me too. But I'm telling you, no matter what happens in our life, when we, when we ultimately look back to Him, He will help us through everything that might go on in this life. He's there for us. He is absolutely there for us. Although events in this world might, right now might make us wonder what's going on, God has never been caught by surprise. Not at all. He has a purpose for everything. He has a purpose for all that is going on. So, what does it mean for God to be in control? Well, we know this by what the Bible says, that God oversees the affairs of all men. But He is not the cause for everything that happens. We have to get this. He oversees the affairs of us all, but He is not the cause for everything that happens. God can choose to directly intervene in the lives of men, or or He can let them experience the consequences of their actions without His direct involvement. There are times that going through what we choose, listen to this, there are times that that going through what we choose to do over what God would have us to do causes us to learn an unmistakable lesson. I've said it before, but I'll say it again. I'm a hardhead. Don't say anything, Mrs. Marshall. And there are lessons that I've had to learn since I've been saved by the grace of God the hard way. That God allowed me to suffer the consequences of what I did against His way that I might learn to not do it again. Now I'm thankful we have the Bible. If we would read the Bible, heed the Bible, do what the Bible says, I mean, no, no, we can learn from the experiences of others, can't we? Sure, very thankful for that. God gave us the Word of God for that. Absolutely so. But there are times that, no, no, there are times that, 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 that he would back off and just let us go through what we go through 
picking things over, picking our, uh, making our choices over what He would have us to do, and then suffering the consequences of that to learn an unmistakable lesson. But in, in either case, in either case, God is exercising His sovereign will in accordance to His wisdom, in accordance to His foreknowledge, and in accordance to His eternal plan for mankind. Because He does have an eternal plan. We know that's true. So we can respond to God's sovereignty in two ways. We can uh, acknowledge our need of God and submit to His will. Because we all need God. And He does have a will for our life. Or we can deny our need of God and reject His help. No, it's our choice. No, it's our choice. Why doesn't God help me? Well, are you listening to Him? Are you going the way He wants you to go? Or are you doing the things He would have you to do? Because, I mean, as we do that, He gives us grace, doesn't He? No, He saved us by His grace, and as we go His way, He he helps us by His grace. But if we just choose to, to go our own way, well, okay, we can do that. We, we can. No, no, no. We can deny our need of God. I can do this myself. I don't need to do any of that. I can do this and we can reject God's help. Until we understand God's purpose in the world, life will be a meaningless puzzle. Why am I here? How many times have I ever heard that? When we finally give in to go God's way. Then our eyes are open to the working of God in our lives. When we finally give in. When we finally decide we are going to allow God to help us. When we finally decide that God's way is better than our way. And we do that. Then our eyes are opened. And we see how God helps us. And, and, and we see how God can, will bless us when we do the things that He would have us to do or stop doing the things that He would not have us to do. But there is a diversity of God's sovereignty. <clears throat> Verse number 2, he, he begins a long list there. Solomon does. There's a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, time to pluck up that which is planted, time to kill, time to heal, time to break down, time to build up, goes on. Because see, God's control encompasses the normal concerns of our lives too. Everything in our life. Everything. Solomon compares 14 experiences of life. And each one of these comparisons represents the extremes of the experiences. I mean, he begins with, he begins with birth and death, and then the very ending of it is with war and peace. And because God controls the extremes, the extremes, we can be confident of His interest in everything that falls between the extremes. He's there for us. Absolutely so. Wants to be. Trying to guide us. 
God cares about, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that God cares about our everyday lives. He really does care. I, I mean, absolutely so. Everything that we go through, He cares about that. Every trial, every struggle, every decision that we may be faced with in life, God cares about it all. He cares. I'm telling you, most people go through this life and they don't give a second thought about God after they get out of church. It's like, well, you know, I guess life just goes on. Whatever happens, happens, or whatever case. Oh, no, no, no. God cares about you 24-7. Always. He cares. Everything in this life, please listen to this, everything in this life is subject to the will of God. Everything in this life. Nothing is exempt Uh, There's this idea out there now that there's no perfect will of God. That that we just make decisions and that God somehow just follows along with us, uh, you know, after that just to see where we're we're going and what we're going to do with the path that we have chosen. But that's not the way God works. No, 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 no. As we follow Him, there is a perfect will of God. Because if that's not so, what do we do with Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2? Well, what does it say there? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice. Holy, H-O-L-Y, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. No, it goes on. And be, not, and be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove... Prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Come on, if we believe the Bible, we ought to believe the whole Bible. And so very apparently, He has a good, acceptable, perfect will for us. I mean, there is a will of God for your life. And and I'm saying that you should be seeking it. Because see, there's a real dangerous view of God's sovereignty. There's a dangerous view of it. And and, an unbiblical view of God's sovereignty can produce a fatalistic outlook on life. Well, what are you talking about now? Look at verse 9. It says, What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth. So it presents us with a dilemma. A preacher, I'm not seeing it. What, what, what are you talking about? It, it's, it, it, it translates into this. If God has already determined, get this, get this, get this. If God has already determined what's going to happen in my life, then why knock myself out trying to get ahead or accomplish anything that uh, 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 anything that's significant? No, no, people get to looking at it like that. It's a fatalistic look. It's not going to matter what I do, whatever. I mean, things are just going to turn out a certain way. Oh, that's not true. I was hoping for more amens right there. That's not true. We can't just go out there and just live however we want to and things are just going to turn out. That's just the way it is. No matter how I live, God's already got a plan and that's the way it's going to turn out. That's not true. Our life is directed by by choices that we make according to the Word of God or not according to the Word of God. 
In other words, if God, if God has determined that you'll be a success, no, no, people think like that. If God has determined that you'll be a success and land on Easy Street one of these days, then it's just going to happen. You might as well just sit back and enjoy the ride. But on the other hand, if God has ordained that, that you're going to be a failure, that's just the way it is, then all you can do is just spend your life working for something you never will be able to obtain. No, it's a mindset that this, that, no, 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 that this society has embraced to a point. But it's not true. That's not the way it is. God's sovereignty does not operate that way. God oversees, listen to me, God oversees all that happens in your life. But God allows the outcome of our lives, listen, to be governed in a large measure by the decisions we make. We either decide to do the things the way that God do things the way God would have us do things, or we decide we're going to do whatever we want to do. We can be wise or foolish. It is our choice. It's our choice. We have we, no, no, no. We have free will. We can be wise or foolish. We can be diligent, or we can be slothful. Uh, we, we can be obedient or we can be rebellious. We, we make those choices. Uh, uh, truly. And God can intervene. God can intervene to protect us from our foolishness or God can allow us to reap what we sow. Because God knows what the best teacher is going to be in our life. He knows. God's oversight of this world assures us that all the events in the course of human history are working together to fulfill God's original purpose for His creation. He had a purpose when He created the world. He had a purpose when He created us. And it's all working together. Absolutely so. Life is sometimes hard. I'll say it again. Life is sometimes hard. But that by no means indicates that things are hopeless. No matter what we might go through. Things are not hopeless with God. It gives us hope to know that life is not merely a cycle of random, haphazard events lacking meaning or purpose. No, no, when we, when we are trusting God, the sovereignty of God, that things are, things are going according to His plan. It gives us hope to know that all things are working according to His wise counsels. And they are. They absolutely, they absolutely are. And in verses 11 through 15, Solomon emphasizes the basic elements of God's sovereign control. He talks about design. Um, he has made all things, he has made everything beautiful in his time. In his time. So consider what is involved. Listen to me, listen to me, stay with me here. Consider what's involved in building a house. How about that? What all is involved in building a house? 
uh, as you begin to build, the, the mess that's there, the, the ugliness of a bare foundation that's laying out there, the, 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 the mess of all the boards that are sawn and all the nails that are driven. And... But when that final coat of paint is uh, put on a house and carpet is laid and curtains are hung and everything is done, it's like, wow, that's beautiful. Might be a mess getting there. But when things are done according to plan, the end result is good. When they're done according to plan, the end result is good. I don't get what you're talking about, preacher. Look, we don't always know what part of the building process our life fits into. We don't always know. But we know that when the whole plan of God is completed, under the leadership of the builder, the results are going to be beautiful. They will be what God expects them to be. Under the, under the leadership of the builder. And he talks about wisdom in verse number 14. Whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it that men should fear before Him. We know this for a fact. God makes no mistakes. God makes no mistakes. No, 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 no. He never has to go back and try to correct an error. All He does is forever. The, the work of God cannot be improved on in any way. Not going to happen. Nothing could be added to it or nothing could be taken from it that would make it any better. The work of God is perfect. Absolutely perfect. And God does it. He does His work wherever it may fall in the extremes of verses 2 through 8 that men might, listen, listen, please listen, that men might fear Him, that men might respect Him, that, might, that men might acknowledge their need of Him. I need You, Lord. I, I told God this morning, not long after my eyes open. I need you, Lord. I need you today. I can't make it through this day the way that I should without you. I need you. We have to acknowledge our need of God because we all need God. But it also talks about His foreknowledge there in verse 15. That which hath been is now. And that which is to be hath already been. And God requireth that which is past. Here's the thing. Stay with me. We're, we're really close to the end. Stay with me. We live, you and I, we live in the confines of time. But God acts from eternity. There's no confines of time for Him. So that which, excuse me, that which has already happened in the knowledge of God is experienced now in the lives of men. And that which is yet to come, God's already seen. As far as God is concerned, all of man's present and future are past. 
What, what, you mean, you mean God knows the way things are going to turn out? Yeah, yeah. Well, then that means that we just, you know, whatever we do. No, 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 stop, stop. You weren't listening to earlier in the message at all. Yes, God does know how things are going to turn out. Doesn't mean He chooses the way that it might turn out. That's decided by the choices we make every day. And we're either making wise choices according to God's Word, or we're making foolish choices according to our own will. And it will play out, won't it? Because we're either going to be blessed because we choose to do things God's way, or we're going to have to suffer the consequences of doing things our own way. No, it will happen. When we go against God and His will and what the Bible says, Yes, he knows how things are going to turn out, but, but we are responsible to make the right choices as we go. Because God hasn't determined in the very same way, well, you know, God's already determined who's going to go to heaven, who's going to go to hell. That's a lie. That's one of the most horrible lies that's ever been spread throughout this world. That is absolute lie. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It doesn't say only certain few are going to make it. No, no, it doesn't say that. And God has not decided whether you're going to have a terrible life or a good life. Our life is determined by the choices we make day after day. And how our life turns out will be determined by the choices that we make day after day. We have to be trusting Him. We have to be trusting Him. He's seen it all. He knows it all. Nothing's going to happen to alter that knowledge of what He's seen. And that's why Solomon says, as God requireth that which is past. Because see, nothing takes God by surprise. If you make a bad decision, it does not take, it does not take God by surprise. He doesn't want you to make bad decisions. But when you do, it doesn't take Him by surprise. Let me give you three thoughts very quickly here to take with you today. Let me give you three thoughts. Just very quickly. No, no, very quickly. Number one, seek God's will every day. Every day from the time you get up. Lord, what will thou have me to do? How do you want me to live today? No, no, no. When you wake up in the morning, ask God to guide you through that day. Ask Him to make your path abundantly clear. And to not let you fail to see His plan as you go through that day. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, please look up here. I'm telling you, the more dependent that we are on Him in that manner, the brighter the path glows, the clearer the pathway is. The more dependent... Come on, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So the more dependent we are on Him, showing that dependence by asking Him, Lord, please guide me the clearer the pathway will be. Lord, I need wisdom today. He said He'd give it to us if we ask Him. I'm telling you, seek God's will every day. Number two, believe that He is with you every step of the way. Why has God left me here alone? He's not left you alone. Oh, no, no. He's with you. 
He is there. No, if you're saved by the grace of God, the Holy Spirit of God lives in you. He is there. He is with you. I guarantee you. He is with you every step of the way. You have to believe it. When you wake up tomorrow morning, you may not feel like God is there, but He is. And I promise you, He's ready to help you through whatever you might face. You know what I'm saying? When bad things do happen, He's waiting. He is waiting for you to acknowledge Him and ask Him for whatever you need to stay strong and make it through. Because God will supply. He will provide. He is there. Never doubt. Never doubt God. Never doubt His love for you. Never doubt it. For God so loved the world. That's not this big ball of dirt. That's all the people that have existed and will exist. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, came and shed His blood, died for our sins, that we might know God in the free pardon of sin. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Never doubt God's love for you. Never doubt that He's there with you every step of the way. And then number three, when things don't go your way, please listen to me, when things don't go your way, be sure to ask God what He is trying to teach you through it all. Well, I didn't think that. I didn't know. I didn't think things were going. I don't know why this is going this way. God knows. So when things don't go your way, no, 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 no. Don't don't just go, don't just get all flustered and I don't know. And it just, God knows. So when things don't go your way, be sure to ask God what He's trying to teach you through that. Because God does not allow. No, no. God does not allow things to happen in our lives for no purpose. He's always working. If we get upset with God for allowing such things in our life, listen to me please, if we get upset with God for allowing such things to happen in our life, we will never learn the purpose from the trials. Don't get upset with God. Ask Him to show you, to teach you. Because when we look unto Him, the author and finisher of our faith, He can show us great and mighty things which we know not. Keep your eyes on Him. Trust Him. Go His way. Even when you don't know exactly what He's trying to do. We will never understand all that happens in our life because we can't see things the way that God sees them. There may be things that happen in this life that we may not understand until we go to be with Him. But we can trust Him through it anyway. We just keep doing what He says we should do anyway. Our confidence is in knowing that God has everything under control. That everything is allowed for a purpose. And we may not be able to see all that lies ahead, but we can be sure that God does. And that all things are working together for our ultimate good as we, listen, as we follow Him in the way. As we follow Him in the way. God is in control. He is not out of control. 
just have to determine to walk with him every day. Trusting him through whatever we might go through. Would you bow your heads with me? Our heads are bowed for a moment. Eyes are closed for just a moment in respect of the Lord and of those around you for just a moment. Could be someone here this morning that would say, Preacher, I'm not, I'm not even saved. I don't know if I died today that I'd even go to heaven. Preacher, would you just remember me in prayer? Boy, I'd like to. You're, you're here this morning and you're not sure that you've ever trusted Christ as your personal Savior. Would you allow me to just pray for you our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Would you just slip up your hand wherever you're at? I'm, I'm not going to call you out, but I'd like to pray for you right there and there. God bless your honesty. Appreciate that over there. Others? Yeah, preacher, I'm not, I'm not sure that I've ever trusted Christ as my Savior. I'm not sure that I have a home reserved for me in heaven. Would you please remember to pray for me? Well, I'd like to. You didn't raise your hand before. You want to raise it now? Yeah, preacher, that's me. You pray for these others. Please, please pray for me. I want to do that. I want to do that for you right there. God bless your heart. I appreciate your honesty. Thank you so much. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. I wouldn't do that in no way, shape, or form. I just really want to pray for your salvation that you would come to know Christ as your Savior. Anybody else before we move on? I don't want to miss anyone. Anyone? You're here this morning and you'd say, Preacher, I'm struggling. I'm struggling with doing things God's way. I'm struggling because of some things that are going on in my life. I, I, I'm struggling and I, I want to do things God's way, but preacher, I, there's just some struggles in my life right now. Would you please pray for me that I will, that I will do what God would have me to do in all of this? You're here like that this morning. Would you allow me as a pastor to pray for you? Would you just slip up your hand wherever you're at? God bless you there and there and there. God bless your honesty over here. God bless you there. Thank you so much for that. Others, yeah, preacher, that's me. I'm just struggling. I, I, I don't understand everything that's happening in my life right now, but I want to trust God through it. Would you just remember me in prayer right there and right there? God bless your heart. Thank you so much for that. You may put your hands down. Others, you didn't raise your hand before, but you want to. I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to call you out. I just want to pray for you, preacher. That's me. I just don't understand everything. Would you please pray for me? Anyone else? Anyone else before we move on? Anyone at all? Let's all stand to our feet. We'll stand to our feet. Our heads are bowed. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for those in here that do not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. I pray that you'd speak to them very clearly about that need, that they'd come to that place of truly trusting Christ. And I pray, Lord, that they might even that they might even come this morning, come down here this morning, and, and let us take them and show them how they can have that settled. You've already paid the price. You want them to be saved. We know that by your word. You've made the way. Lord, I pray for them. That, that you just that you would continue, that you would draw them, that they might be saved before it's eternally too late. And then for all the hands across the auditorium, I don't know what is going on in people's lives. I have no idea, Lord, but you know. And you know the answers. You, you know what they need. So I lift them up to you and I pray, dear God, that they would seek your face about that, that they would be obedient to what you would have them to do. Lord, that they would get on the path that you have for their life, um, being in your will, and watch you do things that, well, only you can do. 
that they might even come this morning down to this old-fashioned altar and, Lord, just uh, talk to you about those things, commit themselves to do what you would have them to do. Bless this time of invitation. Might your perfect will be done in all of it. We pray that it will and ask these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Piano's going to play. Some are praying already. You need to come this morning. Why don't you step out? Just come on down to to an altar or make an altar right there at your seat. Just take some time to talk to God about what's going on. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, we'd love to talk with you about that. If you'd come this morning, we've got got someone that can take you aside, take a Bible and show you how to have that settled. We'd love to do that. You just let God have His way. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, people are praying. People are at the altar. You need to come. Will not take long, but you need to come. One out, step out now.